This is Hammett. I'm Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast, whether or not you like the show, and become a subscriber. Thank you for your support. Did you say whether or not you like the show? I don't care anymore. <laughs> um, we're surviving a Y'all. polar vortex, and we are both just saying we've been cooped up inside for like two days. Going so nuts. This is my first time out of the house in two days, pretty Ooh. much. Yeah, um, if there's a lot of back background noise, it's because Dottie has been outside for a grand total of four minutes in oh the last God. 48 hours. Nice. It's just too goddamn cold. It really My, is. Uh, I walked outside to get here, and it was zero degrees, and it felt lovely. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's that wind, though. That's what all Midwesterners say, and yeah. it's true. <laughs> um, my uh, kitchen pipes are frozen. Nothing's Congrats. burst, but I foolishly forgot to run the water overnight. What an idiot I am. <laughs> anyway, I've been cooped up for like three days. You're the only human I've seen. Hello, human. It's <laughs> not Mikey or Dottie. Good. Let me depress you some more. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. There's so many things. Let's talk about Sarah Huckabee Sanders because she did an interview <laughs> yesterday on the Christian Broadcasting Network. This is Pat Robertson's channel. And she was with uh, CBN's David Brody and Jennifer Wishon. And basically, here's the soundbite that I think was interesting. The question, and you know they're going to throw her softballs, mm-hmm. was basically, does it kind of blow your mind that someone like Donald Trump is sitting in the Oval Office? Um, and the correct answer is yes, yes, but for very different reasons. Uh-huh. But here's her answer. I think God calls all of us to fill different roles at different times, and I think that he wanted Donald Trump to become president, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, here's the thing. Like, is that... The dumbest thing I've heard all day, maybe. But, like, <laughs> it's also par for the course for that, for Christian rhetoric. Like, that's, yeah. it is it is a handy rhetorical device when you, when something unexpected happens and God wanted XYZ to happen. Like, Which is why Robert Mueller isn't investigating Trump. He's really just trying to get in the way of God. Right, right. Uh, but, yeah, because right. God wanted <laughs> Trump to be president, but not Mueller to investigate him. Right, or of course. So Obama anyone to be who president criticize, this or... Is, here's a question I had about... Uh, again, I know it's CBN News. Right. It's not exactly where I go to Big for journalism. <laughs> right. Um, I think the logical pushback from any reporter would have been, Oh, if God put Trump in the White House, did God also put Obama in the yeah, White House? I mean, and should we be criticizing him as well? It's, it's Guess ha- what he asked next? What? Not that. Oh, I can't believe it. I know. I mean, it's a nothing burger question. Like, when you say, I th- like, it, it just, it's a conversation ender. I think God wanted this. All right. Well, cool. I, all right. There's literally nothing to be said yeah. about that. It is, it is a garbage phrase it's the thoughts and prayers of an interview answer (laughs) think about what that means that means god apparently approves of tearing refugee babies away from their parents it means god doesn't care about environmental disasters and Mm -hmm. ignoring climate change he's fine with stoking racial bigotry he's fine with just keeping paychecks from workers out of selfishness and spite and racism and oh the guy who had multiple affairs with his third Mm -hmm. wife Mm -hmm. uh, with Mm -hmm. whom he had his fifth Mm -hmm. kid Mm -hmm. totally Mm -hmm. fine too that's what it means when she's saying god is cool with him being in the white house god wanted this yeah i mean it's a dumb thing to say i but it it's not surprised like are you surprised that she said that i'm not surprised she said it i'm not surprised the christian broadcasting network asked about it mm-hmm. but it's still one of those things that when you put them together and she says it out loud we should all be able to look at that and not just ignore it like yeah well what else did you expect but yeah. a holy shit these people are insane sort of question yeah because no like at the very least if you think god wanted trump to be there Let's follow that up and talk about what God wants when a Democrat is in the White House and how Christians react to that, because that is the really that's the core of that issue. If it's not just (laughs) rhetoric, let's keep following through on it and see where this rabbit hole leads. And of course, they're not going to do that. But I would argue if you think God put Donald Trump in the White House, that may be the strongest case for atheism <laughs> that I've heard in a really long time. Yeah, I mean, ugh, of course, of course. They're going to say that about anything they like and anything they don't like. It's because so-and-so turned their back on God or God was angry or the gays were doing something somewhere else, <laughs> so he threw a hurricane at Puerto Rico. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's... It, it like it just it's empty. It's fucking yeah. empty, and I don't think even they believe it. Do you think the white evangelicals who 
take Sarah Huckabee Sanders seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think they hear that and say, yes, yeah. she's totally fine yes. with all this? Yes, because I think or if you she's have... she's right that God wanted this. Yeah, I think if you have talked yourself into believing that that Trump in any way represents Christianity the way, like most Christians think it should be taught, not in this sort of like xenophobic, racist, homophobic thing that the evangelical right has has sort of birthed. If you genuinely believe, look at Trump and say like, oh yeah, that's a good Christian leader, then yeah, you're going to fucking believe Sarah Huckabee Sanders when no. it's, it's fucking This is stupid. what I don't get about their argument because I think a lot of right-wing pastors have said... Uh, Tony Perkins, the hate group leader, has said this multiple times. He said something like, I didn't elect a pastor. I'm not I, I know Trump is a flawed person, but he's a means to an end. Oh. I like the goals. I like the judges. I don't love him. But whatever. I that to me makes a lot more sense. For sure, but he seems to be an anomaly. It seems that yeah. Trump's base genuinely believes he's the real deal. And so, like, yeah, of course they're going to think that. Of course right. they're going to use this rhetoric. It's, I would actually it's got, prefer it's if, if more of, the, of these, like, conservative evangelical Christians just said, look, Trump is insane, mm-hmm. but he gives us what we want, and that's it. The power matters to us. But the idea that Huckabee Sanders is going at, because because she has to, right. which is to say, no, he's wonderful, too. God right. loves him. God wants him to be there. That's where I'm like, even the your base who is dumb enough to vote for you, right. even they should be like, no, like God doesn't like this guy. He's just like an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So let's use him because he's dumb enough to be used. I mean, I don't think people I don't think people who believe that kind of thing are necessarily that politically savvy. I don't I don't necessarily I know we talk about like, oh, j- uh, judges and all. that. Yeah. Pe- people like Trump, p- politicians like Trump, the GOP supports Trump because he puts politicians on the bench. Do you think like... Yeah, judges like, on the bench, right. Thank you, judges yeah. on the bench. Like, I barely know how any of that shit works, and I read this every single day, day in and day out. If somebody who does not pay this much attention to the news, they are not going to be like, oh, well, he's really stacking the third circuit. Like, yeah, that's, that's not fair. part of most people's understanding of what a president does. The reality is that Trump is allowing them to say the quiet parts out loud. They're allowing them to be more forthright with their racism and they fucking love it. They hate that they've had that the world is changing around them. And every, every politician is no longer somebody who looks just like them and acts just like them. It's very scary for them. And so, yeah, Trump is fine because, because he is, he says the racist shit they all say around the kitchen table and Cool. It's okay for me to do this again. Right. Um, let me move to a disturbing story in a different realm. So the Supreme Court is changed now. It's 5-4 conservative mm-hmm. leaning. Uh, more conservative leaning, I should say. Kennedy was no liberal. You're right. Uh, but the biggest church-state separation We've case... We've lost our swing vote more We've than We've lost our swing vote, yeah. right? Uh, swing vote. The biggest church-state separation case that's coming in their direction... Um, at least in terms of atheism and activism and the stuff we talk about, is it regards this giant cross. And I want to talk about this because this is a ca- they've now scheduled this case. God, I feel like a giant cross is such a fucking petty thing to be talking <laughs> about right now. I'll, well, I'll tell you why it's a bigger deal in a second. Okay. But, but here's the story. There is in Maryland, in Prince George's County, Maryland, in the city of Bladensburg, there is this busy intersection that a lot of cars drive around and right in the middle of this like busy it intersection, uh, it almost looks like a roundabout, okay. but I can't tell for sure. But in the middle of it, there's this 40 foot giant cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and officially, it's like a war memorial for World War One. Oh, yeah. But it's a cross. Right. And like the thing about this particular memorial is anyone driving around it would think, oh, yeah, that's a big jesus thing because there's no sign that says it's a world war one memorial right there are people whose uh veterans who died whose names are like etched in a plaque Mm -hmm. is hidden below that cross like if you go up right close to it Uh and they're like we had no idea his name was on it because we thought it was a giant christian symbol like it's so clearly a giant christian symbol 
and the the city is basically maintaining it. They're su- they're using taxpayer funds to support it. Is it on city property? It is absolutely on city property. And so the American Humanist Association filed a lawsuit in 2014. Long story short, it made its way up to the Supreme Court. The oral arguments about whether this particular cross is legal, is constitutional, that is going to be on February 27th. Mm-hmm. They've now assigned a date to it. Um, this week... The American Humanist Association basically submitted their arguments. They basically said, when we come in for oral arguments, you should know this is what we're going to be saying. This is why we think this thing is unconstitutional, Mm -hmm. so we're giving that to you. And since we go second, basically, to the government, um, we read what the government has to say as to why they're defending it, and here's our response to it. So we now know what the American Human Association is going to say. Yesterday, we're taping this on Thursday, the 31st. On the 30th, all the supporting briefs were due for the American Human Association side. So in addition to their arguments, you have a whole bunch of other people chiming and saying, we're not part of the lawsuit, but we support the American Human Association for different reasons, and we all have our specific reasons we're getting involved in this, but we want you to know why we think this should be unconstitutional as well. What I wanted to do, because I think this is important, is talk about what the AHA is arguing in terms of why this thing ought to be unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. Because only one of them, I think, is very obvious to to people who don't pay attention to this stuff on a regular basis. So the first reason they give is the Bladensburg Cross is is a violation of the Establishment Clause. This right. is government promotion of religion, and it's not just like religion over non-religion, mm-hmm. which the government, which the Supreme Court and other courts have sometimes said is okay. Nebulous. Like with invocations, uh-huh. they're like, yeah, if you want to promote religion, it's cool. But this is specifically a particular religion over other right. ones, and they're like, the court has never said that's okay. Right. So this is a violation of the Establishment Clause, and it's not some ambiguity here. This is pretty clear cut. Okay, number two. The cross effectively denigrates the contributions of non-Christian veterans. Because, again, if you yeah. go to, uh, what's the big memorial, the war memorial? Uh, the Vietnam? Vietnam uh, Memorial, I believe. Yeah. They have all the gravestones. With the black... Uh, uh, yeah, granite? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They have. Oh, no. Are the, you thinking of um, Arlington National Arlington Cemetery? National that Cemetery? is what I'm thinking of. Okay. They have all the tombstones, mm-hmm. but they also have your religious symbol uh, etched the, onto yeah. the tombstones. And the thing is, there's like 70 to 80 you can choose from. Really? Yeah. And, and including like atheists, there is an atheist symbol, including. Is it an A? Um, like the atheist A? I think it's like the American atheist. Like it looks like uh-huh. a nuclear symbol sort oh, of A. Oh, cool. Yeah. So That's they have cool. that as an option. And some people have it. There are some pagan ones, some Wiccan ones, whatever. Like, there's there's all sorts of them. And they're saying, look, uh, this is if this is a war memorial, it is a Christian war memorial. And plenty of non-Christians died in this mm-hmm. in this war. You can say it represents all veterans, but you are not but using... But it obviously does not. It doesn't. You're not using some generic symbol of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You're using the Christian symbol, and everyone knows it. Okay, that's number two. Number three, they said, a victory for the cross. If you say this thing is legal, that's actually bad news for Christians. Because the only way you could say this is legal is to say, no, this is not some symbol of Christianity. This is a general, it means you sacrificed your life. That's what the cross means. And And I would assume a bunch of Christians who see the cross... And they think this is what Jesus died on to save me and to rescue me from my sin. He died for my sins. The government would basically be saying, when you look at that cross, don't think of Jesus. Think Mm. of sacrifice. Do you think Think people are really going to think that? Um, Do you think Christians are really going to be up in arms about that? I think they're saying if the government wants to use that argument, Mm -hmm. one that they could then use in other cases, saying, well, it's just a cross. It's not anything important. It's not a Christian symbol. It's just a cross. That downplays how seriously we ought to take that symbol. I don't know that it's the biggest thing they're going to fight about here, but it's just worth pointing out that the AHA is saying this would be a Pyrrhic victory for Christians if you win this one because you don't want to win this case. But they do that already. Like, we've heard time and time again people say, oh, it's not a Christian symbol. It's a symbol of love or whatever. Like, they do that shit right. all the time anyway. Just, Maybe. I, don't th- I mean, I, I understand what you mean, and but I do not think that anybody is going to think of it okay, that way. Okay, number four. Oh. 
No, there's more. It's a rule of threes, Hammett, not the rule of four. The fact that the cross has been up for decades, which it has, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's okay. And in fact, the Supreme Court has said this about Establishment Clause cases. The famous one is taking mandatory Bible readings and prayers out of public schools. Well, that had happened for decades prior to that. But they said, yeah, but it's still wrong. So we have to stop doing that. And the AHA is saying, yeah, this cross has been up forever but it doesn't matter. Don't right. let tradition and history, which is an argument the other side is using, mm-hmm. like, oh, this was up for decades and y'all didn't complain about it then. Right. Why does it matter now? It's fine. And they're saying, no, that is not a good excuse. It's still illegal. Number five, they're saying it's not just some passive display, which is another argument the other side has made. They said, look, it's just a, a cross, a war memorial cross. It's not like a dude standing on the corner saying convert or die. It's not a active symbol of proselytizing. Mm-hmm. It's just sitting there. It's not forcing you to do anything. So what's the big deal? And the That's American Humanist Association. Stupid argument. Which one? The, the one that like them saying, oh, it's not, it's not literally hitting you over the head. So right. what are you complaining about? Right. And the AHA says that's irrelevant. It's still a giant cross in a busy intersection. And if it was, I'm saying this, if it was like a Muslim symbol, uh, Christians would be up in arms over it. They would not say, well, it's just sitting there. I guess I'll shut up. Yeah. Like, no. That's Um, very dumb. And by the way, (laughs) the AHA adds, it's not just passive because the town of Bladensburg has actually held events (laughs) that included Christian prayers at the cross. They used it as a symbol of Christianity. It's not random. Oh, my God. Number six, we're almost done, but there's more. Number six, one of the arguments made from the other side is, if you say this is illegal, all of these war memorials are going to come down, and, like, how disrespectful is that to the troops? And they're basically saying, no, if we... The Supreme Court could easily say this cross is illegal, and it would not affect all these other war memorials, in part because a lot of the other memorials... Aren't just crosses. Uh, They are not just crosses. They include other symbols. They are part of memorials that include other symbols. Um, This is a one-off giant Christian display. There are only literally a couple of them like it. So if you say this one's illegal, maybe a couple of them would have to be moved or taken down or moved to private property. But seriously, this is not some domino effect that's going to tear down every memorial. But... but even were that true, like, good. The the point should always stand. Like, if you are trying to honor veterans, then honor all veterans. Right. And, not, and, and don't uh, just honor Christian ones in, and pretend. And pretend dumb. you're doing it for everybody. Yeah, and, Jews are cool with this symbol. Yeah. Like, no, not they're great. not. Okay. Number seven, and this is a bigger deal. Um, there is a way that the Supreme Court for decades now has decided any case involving religious displays and whether they're legal or not. And it's called the lemon test. And it has called because the dude was named lemon. So here's the lemon test. There are three parts to it. They ask themselves, Can we call it the lemon party test? No, no. <laughs> they ask themselves three questions. Is the law or the display or whatever, uh-huh. um, or whatever statute like a local government used to put it up. Uh-huh. Was it secular in nature? Okay. And in this case, you could argue, fine, if they say it's a war yeah. memorial that's secular in nature. Number two, does it advance or inhibit religion? And in this case, the AHA is saying, yeah, yeah, this one advances Christianity. Number three, does it create excessive entanglement between church and state? In this case, yeah, yeah because you have the city maintaining this giant cross. They're holding events at it. Right. Like, so and if you say yes to any of those questions that it does break the rule in any of these ways, then it's illegal. Hmm. The only way you can allow a religious symbol to stay up is if it was the, the intention was not to advance a particular religion. Then you can get away with it, mm-hmm. according to the courts. And they're saying, look, this fails the lemon test for two separate reasons. Right. So if you say this cross is legal... You're basically saying, let's ignore the lemon test. Right. And by doing that, you would be throwing away something that has worked really well for like 50 years. Mm-hmm. That's a dumb idea for <laughs> the court because everyone's gotten used to this, like, it's an objective test. It's one right. everyone knows how to use, right. and we can answer those questions about it. It's not broken, so don't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. That's another one. And then the final argument the AHA is using is saying, we're not trying to destroy this monument. 
you can easily take this Christian cross and move it to private property mm-hmm. nearby. Every, people have done that before. Right. It's not a big deal. And it's fine. Another option that is on the table is you get rid of the arms and you create like an obelisk, just a straight up <laughs> pole, and call that a war memorial. You can do that, but the HA is saying, we, we have other options here. We're not trying to destroy your monument. Just move it somewhere where it's off city property. Or add like some goalposts and make it like a pitchfork. Like that Jesus statue in Ohio yeah, somewhere? Yeah. yeah. There's lots of <laughs> options. The So those are the arguments that the <laughs> AHA is telling the Supreme Court. <laughs> Sign off the arms of the cross. <laughs> That's what the religious right thinks the AHA wants to do. That's um, what I want to do now. <laughs> this is what they're telling, basically, to the five conservative justices and, like, honestly, John Roberts. This is what they're saying. Look, for all these reasons, this thing is unconstitutional. Right. We're giving you so many outs here right. without you alienating, like, the conservative base. Right. We're giving you so many ways to say this is illegal without getting rid of other war memorials, without saying, you know, it's a slap in the face to Jews, which it is. Mm-hmm. But pick any of them. Yeah. <laughs> John Roberts, you've done this before. Pick it's uh. sad that he's the swing judge, but that's basically what they're doing here. And I would note yesterday all these additional like seven or eight separate amicus briefs came in saying we support what the AHA is doing, but we have other reasons for saying this is unconstitutional. There were two that were interesting there. One of them said we don't want you, we want you to judge this case on its merits Mm -hmm. because there are legit church-state issues we need to discuss here. What we don't want to do and what we saw the other side wants you to do, because we read their briefs, Uh is they want you to dismiss the case saying the people who sued in the first place don't have legal standing to bring about this case. I see. Because they just drive past the thing. They live in the city. Uh-huh. They drive past it, and they're saying, look, I'm not Christian. This thing offends me. I'm bothered by it for the following reasons. Right. And they're saying, it's, the other side says, "That's who cares? Yeah. That's not a good enough reason to make this big decision mm-hmm. off of that. But this group, and I forgot which one this was in particular, they said do not dismiss this case on standing because if you do, there would be no possible way for anyone to ever bring forth a lawsuit involving something like this cross or a Ten Commandments monument that's on government property or any religious symbol in a public place because on what grounds could anyone bring a lawsuit? The only way you could do it is to say, I live here, I am a citizen here, and this is troubling, and as a non-Christian, I have a basis on which to sue. And they're saying there would, I'm quoting here, there would be no standing in any religious display case, however egregious its facts. Um, Do you you believe that? That if this was dismissed... We would have n- nobody would ever have an option because the question me- is how would you bring it forth? Like on what grounds could you say this Ten Commandments monument that's sitting outside my city hall or the courthouse is me, wrong? That, how do you argue that? Uh, one? To me, that feels different. Um, and I've been trying to articulate exactly why I think the the Ten Commandments monument, and, and I'm not saying that one's better, one's worse. To me, they seem a little bit disconnected because... The Ten Commandments is, like, more serious? Um, more serious and more on the nose. The fact that it's in front of, say, Austin City Hall, yeah. or uh, whatever the state built, state the capital state capital in Texas, um, right? But that one was declared out, legal. Right. Because of other monuments around right, it. Right, exactly. Yeah. But if, but say one is standing there alone in front. Right. To me, that is a very clear symbol of the people inside this building obey these laws. I, these are not laws I signed up for. Therefore, I don't think my mayor or my city council has has my best interest in mind. Right. To me, the, the cross... So what if there was a cross in... I'm making this up because I can't think of a case where this has happened. But let's say they put up a large cross in front of a public school saying, you know, yeah. people have died. Uh, maybe they graduated a long time ago. They went to war. They died here. It's a war memorial now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, then I mean, what? I think... I guess what I'm th- saying is... Even to if me, I see a difference between... Ten Commandments and this War Memorial No, not cross. even that. To me, uh, like, yes, the War Memorial is on city property, but I think there's a difference between that and, like, in front of a government building. To okay. me, those feel a little bit different. 
Okay. Um, because one feels a little more blatant. Like you don't necessarily you don't look at attractive land and know instinctively if that's government owned or whatever. Like yeah. there is a chance that you could assume whatever. But but to me, putting it in front of a school or in front of a government building is a very clear call to action of we are Christians in this building and we are for Christians and we support Christians. And if you don't fall under our umbrella, like go I kick rocks. I can't remember what the, uh, the AHA's original lawsuit said on behalf of those citizens, but I think they were kind of making their case that when I drive past this every day, it is a reminder that my city cares about Christians more than they care about me. Oh, yeah. In a, not in the same direct way like a commandments, Ten Commandments monument would if you were going to the courthouse. Right. But in the same way they were saying, I know where my government lies. No, yeah, and I want to be clear that it's not that I'm saying that the, the cross on public property is okay and this isn't. To me, if they, should they dismiss this case, uh-huh. to me that doesn't knock down the dominoes for everything else because I think there are different arguments to be made. If they if they made that clear. If they said yeah. like well and you I don't say that really as if I know fucking anything. <laughs> sure. And uh here was the last one um that last argument that I read that I was like this is an intriguing one. Um one of the other cases braced for a loss. They said we think you're gonna they effectively said we think you're gonna rule against this us and you're going to say this cross is legal, Uh but we want you to make it clear, if you do that, that just because you say this particular cross is legal does not give carte blanche for other governments to start erecting Christian war memorials. And part of that, Mm -hmm. they said, is this one went up like several decades ago, and they said the Bladensburg Cross is also the fruit of a former establishment. It was erected at a time when Christians were dominant, both numerically and politically. Basically saying, like, yeah, you guys were the only game in town when this went up. Sure. But today, for government to erect such a cross today mm-hmm. would be a very different thing. Done in conscious disregard of religious minorities that are far more numerous and visible. So if you uphold this cross, mm-hmm. it should be solely on the narrow ground that long-standing vestiges of former establishments uh-huh. can sometimes remain. Which is kind of an argument that sounds a lot like the justification to keep Confederate monuments up. Like, it's not right anymore, but it's been around forever, and it's been here, and now it's kind of established in the culture for better, for worse. So if you say this is legal, you should make it very clear we are only talking about a cross like this in these circumstances. And you're not saying that war memorials that happen to be in the shape of a Christian symbol Uh are okay. So have at it, everybody, which I thought was an interesting way to go about it. Just saying, if you're going to rule against us, please make it a narrow decision and don't, don't let this get out of hand. So those are the arguments that I, all these different groups were making. And the question is, will any of it, seep through to any of those conservative justices Mm -hmm. and again realize that when they go into oral arguments the judges all know these arguments now Mm -hmm. in theory they all know what these briefs said and the oral argument is not going to be monica miller of the american humanist association reiterating all these points Mm -hmm. she'll start doing that but almost immediately they're going to interrupt her and start arguing about all of this right, stuff saying right. this is a dumb argument here's why mm-hmm. like fight back on are this are you one. telling me xyz yeah and so that's going to be interesting to hear how they respond to this brief and you won't know that until the oral argument so yeah. um she's totally capable and competent of doing this this is her first case in front of the supreme court mm-hmm. uh but she's as good as anybody else doing this stuff so i'm i'm really curious to see how this goes i'm yeah. not i'm not eager to hear what the decision's going to be probably in June. But again, the que- it's not just a question of is this constitutional or unconstitutional. It's also a matter of how do they decide this case? Like, what do they say about it that will make a difference in terms of church-state separation issues moving forward? Yeah. All right, I'm done with that one. You want to move on to something more frivolous? Sure. Remember Kim Davis? You remember Kim Davis. How could I ever forget? Kim Davis, that the one hair, who, those glasses. <laughs> who said she's not going to sign off on those marriage licenses in Kentucky, <laughs> even though same-sex marriage I, is legal. I just had a moment of complaint. <laughs> Wasn't there a moment that she like 
came out of somewhere and like did a fist pump. Yes, or, like, after she somebody. got out of jail for a couple of days for violating the law, she came out with her fist pumps in the air like, God helped me through this. I, I just win. Confl- like, I was trying to like pull her up in my brain and I conflated her with Roger Stone who just came out of prison the doing, Nixon, doing the yeah. Nixon peace sign. And yeah. I was like, did she do that? That was a weird <laughs> choice. <laughs> anyway, somebody the photoshopped that for me. false memories are getting planted, <laughs> yeah. right. So here's what's interesting. One of her biggest defenders in the past couple of years, in it's addition you, to her Hammond legal Meadow. team, oh yeah, has been Kentucky's Christian governor, Matt Bevin. Like, our super Republican governor Wait, of Kentucky has been on her side. can I do a quick side. sidebar Please. on Matt Bevin? Matt Bevin. Fuck that guy. Sure. He just said in an interview or tweeted or I don't know, I found out about it somehow that the fact that, and I want to be extremely clear what's going on in the Midwest. Did you hear about this? I did. I want to be very clear what's going on in the Midwest. It's not just like uncomfortably cold. We Midwesterners are a tough people. We're, com- <laughs> we're fine with cold. It is subarctic. It's like it below, is, 20 below, 30 below. It is frostbite within minutes of being exposed to this, to this weather. Yeah. It is genuinely dangerous yeah. cold. Matt Bevin. Most of Chicago has been shut down for two days. Like, I haven't been in my office in a couple days. My husband hasn't been. You don't have a job, so what do you know? That's very true. Um, But Matt Bevin was like, (laughs) he said that the fact that Kentucky, and I don't know where the temperatures in Kentucky are right now. It's still low. It's still cold. Yeah. The fact that they closed down schools. He said it was evident of snowflake culture. Yeah. So it's like they were all super weak. Yeah. Isn't that the word he used? Yeah. So right now it's 20, it's Thursday night. It's 23 degrees in Louisville. Those people, those sweet Kentuckians (laughs) are not equipped for this shit. This is my best friend's Kentucky. She does not cope well with the cold. (laughs) They're not used to this. But, but anyway, like, how fucking dare you? This is genuine, (laughs) real problem. It's just like saying, like, Oh, like everybody's triggered when I burn them with a cigarette, like fucking hashtag <laughs> libtards. Like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, weather is not a liberal agenda. Right. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> you the call fuck, them Matt little Bevin. Weaklings. I was so angry. So let me tell you why else you should and hate like, this our guy. Our fucking generation invented snow days. Like, what? <laughs> what are you? Why are you trying? You're trying so hard to be mad at me. Little Timmy isn't going to first grade, <laughs> snowflake. Jesus. So while Matt Bevin's <laughs> making fun of kids who don't go what? to school. What? <laughs> so anyway, he's been Kim Davis's biggest defender. He's actually He actually said in 2015, I absolutely support her willingness to stand on her First Amendment rights. Not, Without not any that, question, I support her. Bevs. Yeah. So anyway, there was a lawsuit by one of the couples, or I think maybe two of the couples, that did not get their wedding license, marriage Mm -hmm. license. They sued. They won. This was a while back. They won the lawsuit. Davis appealed the decision, and at the time, the same judge was looking at that case because of the technicality they were Um, mad about. She lost the appeal, too, last in 2017, and that meant... Someone had to pay the ACLU and their clients their legal fees, which totaled two hundred twenty-five thousand uh-huh. dollars. And then the uh, they appealed the case again, and they're about to decide like the appeal. Uh-huh. But almost certainly, she's gonna lose again because what she did was still wrong. Uh-huh. Okay, Not but here's wrong. the thing: illegal. Here's the question. Who pays the two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars? Oh my God, is it Kim Davis herself? Well, it was gonna be, uh, according to the judge, it's the state of Kentucky oh. because she was a government worker, yeah, and Kentucky these people is sued. Flush with cash, and cool. Yeah, well, and this is the problem. Like, I think people were pissed off that everyone suffers because she's yeah. this Christian bigot. But basically, she was working for the government. Can they just she take whatever profits the Ark Memorial or the Ark <laughs> Museum brought she in? Was, she was representing the government when she did this illegal thing. So uh-huh. the government's got to pay up. And what did Matt Bevin say this week? He's like, hell no, we're Kim, not paying for this. Kim who? Kim, yeah. He's like, Kim Davis can pay her <laughs> own damn bills. New phone, who does? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. And so Matt Bevin, who called her an inspiration, doesn't want to pay the bill. 
And so Kim Davis is now stuck with this bill, which is hilarious. Now, Does that make me like him less or more? No, it makes you like him less because at the very least, at the very least, even though he was wrong before, you could argue, well, at least he had her back. And now he's like, no, screw you. But also the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, I- no, but he, he's he's not your friend. Yeah, this is, but- just, this is just me watching gleefully I as know. all of my bad, bad faith actors <laughs> now, burn in hell. A couple things about this. One is she could do a GoFundMe and I'm sure she could raise oh, the money really quickly. But two, she appealed this art, this decision. They're about to get an appeals court ruling about this, which means hopefully she's going to lose again, mm-hmm. which is only going to pile on the legal fees oh. on top of that. At some point, somebody's going to have to pay up. And Kentucky's government is basically going to the judge and saying, <laughs> we shouldn't be on the We're hook for this. Money. She was on her own back then, you know. And here's the thing. Oof. I don't think they're going to win this argument because the government said they didn't force her to do it. They didn't fire her out of the position. And in fact, the judge who ruled in this one, uh-huh. um, Davis, I think he said something like this. Uh, Davis... I'm sorry, the governor's lawyers said Davis acted alone without any state support, (laughs) they said in their briefs. And the judge uh, basically said, if the state had chosen to, it could have pursued criminal penalties against Davis Uh for official misconduct, for refusing to do her duty, or the legislature could have impeached her and removed her from office. Instead, the state legislature, this is the judge talking, (laughs) instead, the state legislature modified the marriage license form to appease Davis so no clerks would have to sign off on the license. So, like, at no point did the government say, you're doing this on your own and we want nothing to do with it. They said, we'll accommodate you because you're one of us. Nor was it happening without their explicit knowledge. Like, they obviously knew. Oh, my God, (laughs) that's so fucking incredible. It's just funny to watch Matt Bevin, like, who, by the way, just like you said, accused everyone of being snowflakes. He's like, what, you're accusing me of doing something? No, it was all that woman. I never could. Leave it to a Christian man to blame a woman for a problem. (laughs) Um, Leave it to a man. (laughs) Let's let's not needlessly narrow down the field. Let's talk about our state for a second. Oh, God. Let me tell you what an Illinois Republican did this week. Yeah. Darren Bailey is a state rep. I forgot which part of the state he's from, but he's a Republican, so he's probably not our neck of the woods. Um, But he filed a bill, House Bill 341, which is one of these typical Project Blitz bills to put in God We Trust in a, quote, conspicuous location inside or outside each school building Mm -hmm. in the state. He wants in God we trust in every school. Mm -hmm. This is his bill. And usually, when you say, we want this to be up there, what is the justification? Why do they say they want these in God we trust plaques in every school? What do they say? I actually have no idea. They usually say it's patriotic. It's our national motto. Oh, it's our national motto. We want it up there. So when they asked Bailey, why do you want to do it? He made the Republican mistake of saying the quiet part out loud. loud. And he said, well, as a God-fearing nation, as a God-fearing Christian, I believe that the lack of such is the problem in our country today. Um, The most common phrase I hear is that we need to put God back in our schools to bring back common decency and help give a moral compass to our young people. This bill does just that. The most common phrase I hear from my own face? Like, that's not... What an asshole. Yeah. And apparently there's no decency or morality in schools. And the way to fix that is to put four words up on a wall so kids can graffiti it or something. Like, this bill, he said this bill does just that. This bill's not going to fix shit. If your school has morality and decency problems, don't pay for plaques or don't get plaques put up there on other people's dimes. Like, that doesn't fix anything but this is what happened. Here's the good news. I'll just get this out of the way. Uh-huh. Thankfully, Illinois is one of the few states that is dominated by Democrats on every level. Mm-hmm. I highly doubt this is going to get anywhere. But the fact that this guy was dumb enough to say, like, well, I just want it because I want to promote Jesus and right. Christianity everywhere. Like, dude, you're not helping your side. Um has anybody done... Have you seen Oliver the Musical or movie? I was in Oliver the Musical. I was too. I was a gruel server. Thank you very much. Um, I was a dancing skeleton, so in your dumb face. You win. Um, but in the first scene in the... Um, I've never read the book. Because yeah. I'm not a fan of Charles read. Dickens. Yes. Come at me. Right. I read an essay about it in college. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, 
The, Why uh, picture uh, books are bigger than classic literature <laughs> by Jessica. Okay, listen. The man was paid by... I give him a lot of credit for bringing literature to the people, and I think what he did is really important during the Victorian era, and he used his platform responsibly in a way that I respect a lot. However, <laughs> the motherfucker was paid by the word, and that is no way to write a story. Go on. Anyway... <laughs> The beginning scene when he's in the gr- when he's in the orphanage, yeah. it's all these like kids crying about how they can't eat, don't have enough to eat, and singing about food. And there's a huge banner in the background. Do you know what it says? What? God is love. <laughs> and I, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm shocked nobody's done like a side by side comparison of like, yeah, signs always super work. <laughs> yeah. So I hope that doesn't pass. We'll see. There's another story Has that coincidentally at me about my opinions on Charles Dickens. Bring it at Jessica. Um, there is a story. <laughs> Someone's in for a lot of angry tweets. By the way, I do want to point this out because I forgot to do it at the beginning of the, the yeah. show. Um, when Jessica says baby boomers should die in a genocide, uh-huh. she's joking, exaggerating no, I don't, a I don't little think you bit. Need to speak for me. I mean, if you're a baby boomer listening, you, it's you that I hate. <laughs> You personally, choke on it. I am a little amused by how many people are like, I'm a baby boomer, and I do not deserve to die. Dude, Also, y'all, when you write emails to friendlyatheist at gmail.com, like, I read them. You don't need to write to (laughs) Hemet and tell him to, like, keep his woman quiet. I see them. I delete the ones that say just that. (laughs) Um, Okay, this one... you guys, you really think Heaven has that kind of hold over me? Have you heard this podcast? He can't shut me up for a moment. Man, I try, but there's so much to delete. Oh my God, you idiots. I know. Oh, no. So, as I was saying, donate to Patreon, all of you idiots. <laughs> that would be great. Okay. So, it's just so dumb, y'all. Uh, there's another local story, but actually, was it has natural implications. I think we talked about this guy before. Woman. Sorry, I can't stop thinking about it. Um, I think we actually talked about this before. I can't remember, but there is a mega church pastor who runs a church called Harvest Bible Chapel, uh-huh. which has uh, satellite branches all yes. over the Chicagoland area. His name is James McDonald. So, huge mega church. Right there is. Ah, it's so, by my dog park, I think. Um, James McDonald is the pastor of this church uh-huh. that has extensions everywhere, and there's even one in Florida. And a lot of these other churches will show videos of him preaching. That's how they work, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, he's been under under fire for, like, n- maybe a year, maybe more now, because there were a couple of bloggers who started keeping a who wrote a blog that's just talking about how they're shady about their finances. Mm. Like, they're taking what, in... A church? A, I know. They're a taking in a lot churches. of money... They're, they're, they, it's very cult-like. Uh-huh. Um, they were documenting, like, here's what we know about this church. And they're saying all this. And they're saying McDonald, the pastor, is directly responsible for a lot of the concerns. So how did he respond to all this? And by the way, he also found out that there was a, re- a religion reporter who was writing for the Christian magazine World, who was also doing a story on the finance situation. Uh And this was an open secret. I mean, we knew she was working on this story. So how did James McDonald respond? He sued the two bloggers for defamation. Really? And the journalist who hadn't done anything yet, but she was working on the story. And he sued the bloggers' wives. What? For what reason? No one knows. Really? Nobody knows. Were they part of the defamation? No. What? They had nothing to do with the blog. They were just there. He just wanted to stick it to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Like, a good Christian does. So he sued all these people. And then here's the hilarious kind of thing. And I could say this because I have nothing to do with this. Uh The hilarious thing is, as this lawsuit is proceeding in the courts, the defamation the bloggers and their lawyers are like all right well we need discovery from the other side we need documents that show your finances and this is a public case this isn't under seal this isn't the Mueller investigation if you share these documents they're gonna become public as part of the public record and so what did mcdonald do oh shit we're gonna drop the lawsuit because we don't want any of these papers going public oh my god oh my god so like he's now announced like i'm gonna take a sabbatical from my church i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna move down to florida for a little while that's where jesus is right now he's in florida during the winter he's a real snowbird this guy is shady as shit so the (laughs) the good news is the lawsuit's over they Uh dropped the lawsuit yay to the bloggers yay to julie roy's the journalist all right fine here's what was surprising this week 
Um, and I don't know if people know this guy. If you're outside of Chicago, I've heard of him because I'm in Chicago. There's a shock jock radio host. As man cow. Man cow. I fucking hate yeah. man cow. Man cow has been on the radio <clears throat> since I was in junior he's, high. He's at been least. around for a long time. I was on his show when all the eBay stuff happened like a decade ago. Oh. And all I remember is after the very brief interview, he's like, well, you're going to hell. Hangs up the phone. I'm like, what just happened? Cool, dude. Oh, okay. So you didn't get to go in the studio? No, this he's is over the phone. He's making a comeback. I see his he face is. on billboards He's now a lot. hosting a new show on a separate Thing. He's actually less of a shock jock than he is just a typical well, radio he's DJ. He's in his late 70s. I Somebody. think he has to give up the ghost <laughs> at some point. But the thing is, he's actually, and this is no secret, for the past several, several years, he's been very open about his Christian faith, as a shock jock does. <laughs> And he's actually buddy-buddy with James McDonald, and there are lots of pictures of these two hanging out. He said James McDonald is the guy who baptized me in Israel on a trip several years ago. These guys hung out all the time. But this week, in a, a letter, that, in an article that was posted in the local Daily Herald, uh-huh. they actually posted a letter written by Mancow saying, I'm this guy's friend, and what this guy is doing is shady as <gasps> shit. Really? Yeah. And it was, he basically torched their friendship. But he basically said he's been deceived by McDonald's, and this cult-like atmosphere in the church still has a stranglehold on a lot of people who attend there. And I'll go through an example. Uh, this is what Mancow says. Pastor James and a fundraising campaign that he was doing called Closer, mm-hmm. Closer asked me to donate $3 million recently. And this seemed rather tone deaf to me because I was unemployed at the time. (laughs) Granted, he made a lot of money, but he was unemployed at the time. He said the number kept shrinking until I was asked if I could at least sell all of my memorabilia, um, whatever he had, Uh and give that money to Harvest. And I'm quoting here. My weakness was sickening. I mean, I wish I had just said something more aggressive about how awful it was. Instead, I just sat there with a stupid smile on my face. But he joked back. And here's what he said to Pastor James. Why don't you sell your Harley? I joked with Pastor James, trying to lighten the mood. No, he responded. I like my motorcycle. But if you don't give, see who's more blessed, me or you. Wow. (laughs) And I'm quoting more. Pastor James and others suggested, I buy a house in Naples, Florida, where Harvest has a church and where he now is living in exile, and then leave it to the church when I die. And Man- Mancow says, what about my family? I asked, wouldn't I leave my house to my own daughters? No answer. <laughs> oh, my oh, my God. God. So it was kind of like, this guy's kind of going through. He's like, I know these people. I know as a rich guy, they came to me for money. And the problem is all their financial things are basically saying, we don't have any money. You guys got to like give us more money. But then Pastor James seems to be doing just fine. He loves his heart. Right? Even though the church keeps saying to everybody, we're struggling, you need to give us more. That's what the financial shadiness is all about. And Man Cow's just like, I'm sick of this. I was able to escape that. But like a lot of the people in the congregation, they're still suckers, basically. Oh, man. So it was, it was a very interesting read. We will have a link to that on the site. But it was... Uh, it was very interesting. Um, and by the way, one of the ways he justified the whole cult sensibility, uh-huh. Mankow basically says, it was cult-like when Pastor James and elders at the church instructed us not to listen to outside noise, meaning no news or blogs like the criticizing radio, man the pastor. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, B96? I think they started saying that when all the blog posts started coming out about the finance finances. They said, don't listen to the outside noise. It's satanic, you know? It's, sure, these sure, people sure, are coming sure, to get sure. You. So anyway. That was I was amused by that one. Did you listen to morning radio growing up? Uh, yes, a little bit. Did you listen up. to Oldies One Four Point Three like I did? No, John no. Records Landecker. That was my uh, morning radio guy. Maybe he listens. Come say hi, John. Hi. Records is his middle name. No. Yeah, that's what he says. Oh my god. Well, I mean, I that's also listened to it starting when I was in kindergarten. Right. So I was like <laughs> slightly more impressionable then. Oh my god, what if it really wasn't his middle name <laughs> this whole time? Um, this is. <laughs> I was just amused by this one. Okay, we've talked about Karen Pence took a job at a Christian school, and uh, it's anti-gay, so if she got backlash for it, fine, whatever. Um, There is a a guy, Christopher Stroop, who is great. He's an ex-evangelical who's trying to expose evangelicals Uh and all the shadiness that comes along with it. 
because he's no longer one of them. And after the Karen Pence story went viral, he started a hashtag expose Christian schools. Like, tell Mm -hmm. me what your experience was like. And a lot of those responses were like disturbing and heartbreaking, (coughs) as as you would expect. And that hashtag also took off for unrelated reasons when those boys from Covington Catholic did their thing in Washington Mm -hmm. because it's another religious school. And so people are starting to share their stories of going to a religious school and they're not all flattering, right? Right. So a New York Times reporter, Dan Levin, he wanted to write something about people's experiences growing up at Christian schools because people are talking about it now. So he did something that is actually pretty normal for a journalist to do. And think about this for a second, if, especially if you don't pay attention to journalism or anything. Mm-hmm. How do you get these stories from people? How do you get them to spill their guts to you about what they experienced because, like, what would you do if you were looking for those stories? A couple options are you ask your friends. You mm-hmm. go on Facebook and you post something on your wall. But, again, when you do those things, you're limiting yourself to the people who know you, right. right? And that's a very small circle. So what he did is he went on Twitter and he basically said, and I'm quoting here, I'm a New York Times reporter writing about hashtag exposed Christian schools. Are you in your 20s or younger who went to a Christian school? I'd like to hear about your experience and its impact on your life. Hmm. Please DM me, privately message me, right? Mm-hmm. And that's it. And of course, the right wing went crazy what? about, about, a about journalist? that request, they about a journalist doing journalism because yeah. they don't know how it works. Mm-hmm. And they're like, for, just to be clear, what he did is not a weird request. No, that's how that works. That's how that works. It's I, like at the I've end of every so Murray episode, it's <laughs> like, are you a student yes. whose mother left you for their uncle? Talk God, that to didn't us. didn't make sense. Call right. us. Right, 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 Because we don't know you, but maybe you're watching this and right. you know us and you have something you want to share. Right. So Maury this thing. <laughs> so that's what he did. And so here's the thing. I don't know what stories he got or how many, but like the reaction from right-wing media outlets, like Breitbart said he wanted to expose Christian schools. Like uh-huh. he was trying to undercut them. Which he what? did not say he was doing, nor was he trying to do. I mean, okay. He was using the hashtag to get information because right. people were but on it. benefit of the doubt, like, that is what he, he's trying to find dirt on, like, shit that went down in Christian schools. And, like... And he was trying to hear... He didn't say, like, give me bad stories. He said, give me your experiences. Your experiences. And, again, what would have been shady is he gets stories saying, I had a great experience, and then he, and he ignores them those, completely. Yeah. That would have been shady. But there was no indication he was doing that. So they were just like, he's yeah. just trying to look for dirt. And uh, WND.com, World Net Daily used to be called, they included the subtitle to their article blasting him. Did you or your editor come up with this idea? Were you both sober? Like <laughs> that wasn't that's not funny. Yeah. That's they're, not funny or clever. They're all basically mad that about an article that hasn't been written yet about a guy who is searching for information. And again, by all means, when he comes out with the article and you don't like you think it's unfair, go ahead and criticize uh, it. Sure. That's fair. But like to do to do that to a guy who's asking for information is weird. So that article finally came out the other day. Whoa. Yeah. And I read it. And guess what? He includes good and bad stories. What? Can you Fair believe and it? I know. And by the way, some of those stories were like seriously. Some of them were depressing. They included bullying mm-hmm. and you know the the sexual purity myths that a lot sure. of those schools teach. But a lot of them said they taught me to uh, love people who I disagree with. And I should respect other people and blah, blah, blah. Like, there were some good stories, too. They were included in the mix. Mm -hmm. I will... There were only a handful of stories, like maybe under 10 that Mm -hmm. they... And he didn't even write an article. He just said, I wanted to share with you some of the stuff I've heard. Here's some of the bad stories. Mm -hmm. Here's some of the good ones. Here's some of the other types, whatever. There are only like 10 stories overall. I'm sure he got who knows how many more. But it was a fine article for what it was trying to do. But just the idea that conservatives got mad Mm -hmm. at a guy who was doing actual journalism Mm -hmm. without even knowing what he was doing. They don't know what that looks like anymore. I don't know like what better defines like right wing media. Right. Than that sort of thing. Um, I have spill wine on your notes. I may have. How very Jessica of you. I know. I have one more for you, which is um, there is this push and Donald Trump fueled the fire on this, of course. 
Uh, is this he, about Bible literacy yeah. in schools? He quoted, oh, this is the Trump tweet, face. numerous states introducing Bible literacy classes, giving students the option of studying the Bible. Starting to make a turn back? Great, says the, again, adulterer of... Doesn't he credit Facts and Friends in that or something like that? Or uh, I'm, that's I might be all his tweet said. Oh. But this was specifically in response to a Fox News segment that featured a guy named uh, Aaron McWilliams, who's a North Dakota state representative, and his bill did not say it was optional for these districts to offer those classes. He would force public schools to have Bible classes. So, like, even if you had, like, four kids who wanted to take it, and like 30 kids who needed to take a math class, your district would have had to hire a Bible teacher and not that's money they could have used on a math teacher or some other class, Mm -hmm. and they couldn't do it because that was his bill. His bill failed, by the way, by a long shot. In North Dakota, which is all Republican, he still failed. Um, But just to be clear, like these Bible literacy classes, if you are teaching Bible as literature, because there's a lot of references and allusions to it, there's nothing illegal about yeah, that. Yeah, we've definitely we've covered this about a that. lot. A lot of these bills we've started to see from this Project Blitz push to get Bible classes in public schools, mm-hmm. a lot of them, they don't all say the same thing. Some bills say, we want you to teach a semester of the Old Testament, offer a semester of the New Testament. You're allowed to offer a semester of both. They don't say always that it must be taught objectively. Right. They don't say what qualifications the teachers need in order to teach it, which is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the fear is not that you're teaching kids about the Bible. It's that you're indoctrinating them with the Bible. Right. That's the concern. All the church state separation groups that oppose these bills, they have no problem, at least when I've seen, with schools that offer electives in Bible as literature classes yeah, that are taught well. I, There's I nothing would, wrong with that. I would argue that it's a really valuable class to have to, like, I think... I'm somewhere along the way, I think I took like a world religion class of yeah. like comparative religions would be more useful. Yeah, I, yeah, argue, I think that's a useful thing to have to like understand and be a more productive person. But no, yeah, let's learn about Adam and Eve. That's definitely going to come up in your right. Law and again, class. if you're re- if you're learning about it as a cultural relevance, you know, if you're studying Dante's Inferno, you want to know about biblical references mm-hmm. he makes in it. There is some use to that. I get that. And to make sense of politics today, you kind of want to know what the Bible is saying like to make sense of the world around us and the wars people fight and things like that, that a comparative religions class could also do very well. Yeah. But again, no one's arguing about elective Bible classes. If there's interest in it, if a district wants to offer it, it's done fine. Fine. The issue is that a lot of these bills, they are, they make the, they force the districts to offer it regardless of interest. Mm-hmm. They don't have any provision that says they have to be taught objectively. Right. We know they're not always taught objectively. Right. And that's where the problems are. So, right. And I want to be like, when I was in college, I was assigned passages from the Bible as reading because I was a literature major right. and I was reading medieval literature and I needed that frame of reference and right. my dumb atheist ass didn't know anything. Yeah. So like there are, I, I, I think it's, it's really important to be clear here that it's not saying like you sh- nobody should ever touch the Bible or nobody should ever touch the Bible in an academic context. The Bible really is important as a literary reference. And I, I know I've brought this up before, but um, Richard Dawkins in uh, The God Delusion has like a whole page of just expressions that we, that are common parlance that came from the Bible or right. whatever. It, it, I'm not saying it's necessary if you're not, again, studying like literature and need that frame of reference. I'm also not saying it's not a useful thing to have an understanding of. The point is like... In fifth grade, would would I have been a good student of the Bible from my public school teacher? Almost certainly not. And I was a smart kid. I, like, wanted to learn. But fuck that. I would have hated that. And there's no way anybody would have been... It doesn't matter. It's fucking yeah. dumb. And so it's just like, President what a Pussy Grabber of, gave it the thumbs up, what though. What a waste so there of you time go. and effort. And this posturing, it's so exhausting. And I cannot wait until we look back on this portion of history uh, and yeah. just watch and just watch these, like, Christians, quote-unquote... No, Christians, no quotes... Doing all this posturing for meaningless referenda, the Bible thing, the in God we trust thing, while literal human beings are starving in our country. Like, the the lens of history is going to be fucking cruel on these people. 
I agree. I hope it is. I think we're a long way from that. But um, so, yeah, that that is something Trump decided to support. And then, by the way, again, <sighs> the bill failed after he said all that. Uh, so it's all done. I hate I'm, it all. I'm done. Um, everything good going on this uh, weekend? I got my big competition this weekend for public speaking yeah, with my kids. Out. We'll see how that goes. Do you have your other laptop with you? No. Shit. You're um, welcome. My friend Anne is coming over tomorrow. We were going to record, but I just realized I don't have the other laptop. <laughs> Thanks so for I'll telling f- me. I, fr- I told you last week on the show. <laughs> Probably. Probably. We'll um, rewind the tape. Yeah, right. So many timestamps. You can follow me on uh, Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-E, Hemant's at Hemant Meta. We'll um, post uh, bonus episodes on the main feed coming up because I forgot to do that yesterday because you- Polar Vortex, sorry. Ugh, fucking rude. I had kids who were jumping on top of me. Yeah, the oh. um, no, no, wrong the one this reaction. week is week is gonna be Garth Reynolds, which I'm like fucking stoked as hell to to share with you guys. It, it was a, a a real pleasure. Um, my Etsy shop is bitches get stitched done. If you want like a thing to be made, um, are we? We should talk about doing a meetup this this in mm, Chicago later after speech. When does speech end? Mm, three weeks. Okay, well, I didn't mean tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Um, cool, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. If you have questions, concerns, want to tell Hemet to shut me up, it's not going to work. Better people than you have tried. <laughs> um, Patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast. Uh, You'll get a bunch of bonus episodes, including the one that I'll hopefully be able to record with Anne tomorrow. I'll have to come get a laptop from Done. me or something. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, Bye. Bye.